Ahoy, Wallop Media listeners. Ryland Turner here, joined by Kyle Joseph for a special, special presentation. It is the month of December, and we are getting into all of our holiday treats for everybody. So we decided to bring something back that we haven't done for a long time. It's time to take a trip to Fantasy Booking Island. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing all right. You gave me some interesting challenges, and I think I met some of them, but we'll see how it ends up going. That's right. So I gave you three challenges for th three different companies. Uh, for TNA, the challenge was to book a TNA original to win the TNA heavyweight title um, within a, a time period. All right. That is what we're going to start with. Okay. Excellent. So the current Impact World Champion is Alex Shelley. So we're going to have hard, hard to kill. Alex Shelley is going to retain his title. He's going to defeat Moose, who is his challenger at hard to kill. I'm assuming they're going to introduce the belt there. It'll have look really good to see Alex Shelley holding the brand new belt gets to be the TNA champion. He's going to hold on to that for a while. Pretty unchallenged until we get to rebellion. Not unchallenged, un, like he's going to continue to win until we get to Rebellion. At Rebellion, they decide to drum up a little bit of interest. Is Alex Shelley, he's a really, really talented wrestler. He continues to beat whoever he's up against. And no matter what happens, wherever they're throwing up, up against, he just continues to keep on winning uh, in traditional wrestling matches. So it's a little added challenge. They decided his new challenger doesn't want to announce who he is yet. They booked a, they booked a title match against a mystery opponent. Alex Shelley being Alex Shelley. You know, whatever, whoever it is, I'm sure they'll come down to the ring. We'll have a match, and I'm going to come out to victor. Shelly enters first in rebellion, and then coming out of as the entryway, coming into chat or coming in down the entryway is Jay Lethal. Oh. Jay Lethal walks down there. He is flanked by Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh. They're here, fully formed as group, making their way down towards the ring. They surround the ring. And Alex Shelley is, um, you know, waving at Jay Lethal. All right, come on, bring it on. Jay Lethal gets a bike, says... Oh, I'm not here to face you, Alex. Oh, no. Alex Shelley hears something from behind. Somebody slides in from behind and he turns around to take a guitar to the face. As Jeff Jarrett returns to his homeland to challenge for the title. Shelly puts up a valiant effort, recovering from the from the guitar shot as best he can, but it is too much. There's too many numbers advantage. There's too many shenanigans involved. He's unable to retain his championship. Jeff Jarrett returns to hoist the TNA World Championship. 
coming back to, I'm assuming they're still going to call the TV show Impact, but we'll see. On Impact, on the return, Jeff Jarrett, big smile holding his belt over his shoulder. Did you miss me? For those of you who don't remember, let me spell out my name. Boo's obviously pouring down from the crowd. Finishes his introduction. Says, I realize I've been away for quite a while, but frankly, I'm kind of appalled. We made all this announcement. TNA. The return of total nonstop action. And nobody thought to invite me. I used what stake I have left in this company to get myself this opportunity. So I've seen whatever you have to bring here down the ring. And frankly, I'm not impressed. All these new wrestlers that you have here. I don't know that they can really do it the same way that I still can. So let this be a challenge to anybody who wants an, an opportunity to beat me. Come on down. Let's see what you got. What becomes clear is that Jeff Jarrett has no intention of fighting fairly. With his army of uh, goons, he is able to, you know, cheat his way through everything that he's able to do, every opportunity. And he refuses to accept any challenge unless they beat Jay Lethal first. Jay Lethal is a very good wrestler. He's going to carry on wrestling sort of on a weekly basis. Challengers coming in. He puts them away. And then as we get closer to our monthly shows, these are not the, the pay-per-view shows, but the sort of Impact Plus shows, there will be somebody who always gets to challenge him. So, and under Siege, Jeff Jarrett is going to be challenged by Kushida. Kushida is going to be the first person who beats Jay Lethal. And Kushida will be the challenger. And through the same shenanigans as it always is, Jeff Jarrett comes out the victor. Jeff Jarrett keeps telling everybody, I'm a better wrestler than Kushida. I can do this no matter what. I'm a better wrestler than these people. Nobody is going to be able to out-wrestle me. Always obvious nonsense. The crowd is going to, you know, deal with it as they will. And against all odds, he beats Mike Bailey. Mike Bailey and Jay Lethal put together a show of a match. Give them 20 minutes to put in a serious effort on the actual television show. And then Impact Plus, Mike Bailey is papering Jeff Jarrett around the ring. But through every trick he has left in, on the book, he is able to come away with the victory. Through satin of a sing interference, close, just clubbing Mike Bailey. He's able to, you know, do everything, but whatever it takes, Jeff Jarrett is going to end up having the win. At Multiverse United, Kenta, who has lost his New Japan Championship by this point, challenges Jeff Jarrett. And Jeff Jarrett, he has Jeff Jarrett dead to rights. 
But Sanjay Dutt is going to interfere and just get the disqualification. Now people are starting to get really mad because Jeff Jarrett's still holding on to this title. And Jeff Jarrett is, you know, Jeff Jarrett, he's fully arrogant. He is going to continue to push the narrative that he's the best wrestler of all time. So it's Slammiversary. At this point also, I should build to the other, other thing revealing this. Jay Lethal's getting a little bit tired of Jeff Jarrett being a bit too big for his britches. So Jay Lethal gets himself a match. He, he decides he wants to step to Jeff Jarrett. And Jeff Jarrett is kind of skeptical about this. He says, okay, fine. If you beat all your competitors, I'm going to allow you into this match. And Jeff Jarrett ends up cheating Jay Lethal out of his last victory against Jonathan Gresham. But Scott Demore is having absolutely none of this. So he makes a triple threat for Salmiversary. Jeff Jarrett, Jonathan Gresham, Jay Lethal for the TNA World Championship. And this will do two things. One, it's going to allow Jonathan Gresham to show off how much a better wrestler he is than Jay Le- than uh, Jeff Jarrett or even Jay Lethal to a certain degree. But two, it also allows the third person to be in there so that you're able to extend the match to a solid 20 minutes without Jeff Jarrett being, you know, completely and totally dead. And clean, clean little middle of the ring, Jonathan Gresham taps out Jeff Jarrett and becomes the new TNA champion at Slammiversary and allows that sort of next generation to come along. And now you've got a few other names who have gotten these opportunities who look like they could be decent. And you've got some opportunities to challenge for this. And frankly, if you have Jordan Gate Race continue to hold on to or grab hold of that championship and hold on to it, you've got a pretty good on-screen power couple to carry this uh, reign forward. So that's what I would go with is Jonathan Gresham defeating Jeff Jarrett. And I would have it be Jeff Jarrett be the person. And then he goes back to AEW because this is just a six month, like loan period. Sure. Three months, I should say, loan period. Sure. I cannot believe that you chose Jeff Jarrett out of everyone. 2004 is a long time ago, man. TNA originals, there's not too many. I tried to make Bobby Roode work the best I could, but ultimately, like, he's. What about, what about like a Monty Brown? What about bringing him out of retirement? Good Lord. Monty Brown was so underrated. He was so Yeah, good. but this is, again, this is 20 years ago, man. That's true. So I, got, I read a guy who I know can still deliver a decent match 20 years later. So. I can't believe you're even giving him that. Good for you, Kyle. I yeah. love it. I love I love that you went with Jarrett. That is so much fun. That was, that was great. It's also like, and it also gives you the history of TNA. Like, it sure. doesn't feel like TNA with him not there. So that, put him there. Make him, make him the enemy. And then people will he'll be gone at that point he won't be doing anything with tna anymore but he's had that one last run with the title he's had uh the way to show all those young guys uh how it's done well and and not only that too like me and you are always looking towards the future in pro wrestling and sometimes in a situation that you have some of these veteran guys on the roster. They're not guys who can't put that title on them and make it, you know, important for that next young guy to beat them. Jeff Jarrett may be in his 50s, and he may be somebody who we don't want to see on TV every week, but that was really good booking, and I'd totally take Jeff Jarrett as champ again. 
Let's go. Let's go, Kyle. What's next? Or uh, I believe next is AEW. And for AEW, I challenged you. Well, you did want to do AEW next, correct? Yes. Okay. I challenged you to solve or or to to finish off the devil storyline. But my condition was that you couldn't choose anybody who is already somebody that people are thinking could be it. A Jack Perry, uh, an Adam Cole, a Wardlow, etc. So I am going to involve those people in this story, but we're going to go to World's End. At World's End, at the Nassau Coliseum, of all things. So MJF, maximum popularity at at this location. We're going to play on that to try to make an interesting story out of this and to try to make an interesting run here. So, at World's End, MJF and Samoa Joe having what we would expect to be a very good match between those two. Getting towards the tail end of the match, the devil reveals himself. He's there. He comes out. And MJF is spooked by this and allows Samoa Joe to get the jump on him. And Samoa Joe gets into the coquina clutch. MJF is in trouble. He's flailing. He's fading. And he manages to find a way to roll himself back to end up getting the pin as he is completely He's almost out of it, but he manages to get the pin on Samojo, and Samojo is incensed, but he's going to walk away. And MJF stumbles to his feet, ends up get holding up the championship, turns around, and the devil is there outside of him. And MJF is sort of standing there taunting, or, you know, come on, bring it on. And the devil sort of waits, waits, and runs at him while he's not really paying attention and hits him with Busaikoni. The crowd is now quiet as the devil unveils himself to be Brian Danielson. On Dynamite the following week, which I'm assuming is also probably going to go at Nassau Coliseum, Danielson opens the show. And if we've done our planner cards right, he is going to be booed out of the building. He walks his way down, soaking it in, telling the fans to bring it on. Takes a mic. MJF, gotta hand it to you. All that time ago, you said that you could be better than me at my best. And heck, you went out and proved it. You showed the world what you got, what you, that you have what it takes. But here's the problem, Max. You might be able to be me better than I could, but I can be you better than you ever could. Max, I challenge you to a rematch at Revolution. And MJF comes out, obviously, the crowd absolutely loving him. And he says, obviously, I beat you once. I'm more than capable of beating you again. What are you going to do about this? And Danielson says, see, I haven't come alone. I have friends who are going to help me out. And do you remember friends? The thing you used to have, Max? 
I feel like you've forgotten your friends. You've forgotten where you came from. I am here to remind you. And at this point, Wardlow comes out and absolutely batters MJF. Tosses him around the entryway. Leaves him, leaves him, leaves him a, a total mess. Week later, MJF comes out on the mic to open the show. All right, you know what? That's fine. Brian, you got the best of me this time. It's a thing about me. I'm not going to be bested again. And Brian Danielson makes his way out. He's got it. He's got Wardlow at my side or at his side. And he says, Max, here's the problem though. Through all of this time, all this struggle that you, that you had to get your way to this place, you made a lot of people angry. You made a lot of enemies along the way. And they're a little tired of your stick. There's a lot of people that you forgot about who were tired of you and were ready to put you in your place. And through the distraction, in behind the ring slides and knocks MJF to the ground, Another person in a devil mask who reveals himself to be Jack Perry. At this point, Moxley comes out. He's incensed. What are we doing here? This is not what the Blackpool Combat Club is about. He says, you're right, John. It's not. We kept losing, John. Through all of this, through all the training, through all the hard work, through all the blood, sweat, and tears we put into this group, we kept losing you know what i'm tired of losing john i've been the underdog my entire life i'm tired of it this world you got to take what you want so i'm done with you guys i'm my own group here you guys keep doing things the right way and see where it gets you walks off now moxley is incensed but Numbers advantage, he's not going to do anything too too drastic at the moment. We get to Revolution. And at Revolution, the other thing that... Oh, sorry, I should reveal the other thing that's going to happen. At this point, Christian Cage has continued to defend his title. Uh, on one episode, this group is... Um, they're, you know, mouthing off. They've got the numbers advantage at all times. And out comes Christian Cage, who applauds. And he makes his way down to the ring. He's got flanked by Killswitch. Makes his way down to the ring. And he says, you know what? He's ignoring Danielson at this point. I got to hand it to you, Jack. I didn't think you had it in you. I didn't think you had what it takes. But you know, sometimes what you need is somebody older and wiser to put you in your place, tell you what to do. That's, how, that's where we get the best of you. Sort of tussles his hair, really condescending. And Perry puts up for it with a, for a little bit and then just clocks Cage. Killswitch goes in to try to even or to try to uh, take advantage of the situation, try to get back at Perry. But Perry has got the numbers advantage. He's got Wardlow there. He's got Danielson there, and they absolutely batter 
both of them. And MJF picks up the mic. Says, I'll see you at Revolution, Christian. Tosses it to him. Walks out. At Revolution, Jack Perry wins um, the, now I'm trying to remember the name of it, TNT. TNT Championship. Beating Christian Cage. Uh, Killswitch is going to walk away at this point because he's gotten a little bit of ti- uh, a little bit tired of of Christian Cage's antics by this point, and Jack Perry is going to beat him clean. And Brian Danielson defeats MJF. There's shenanigans if we want to, but he ends up through trickery, through chicanery, through whatever it takes. Brian Danielson proves himself to be the better man, and he beats MJF at Revolution to claim the title. At this point, we're going to make our way towards Double or Nothing. At Double or Nothing, we're going we're in the build up towards Double or Nothing. Now we're going to have John Moxley start to come after Danielson. John Moxley is upset with Brian Danielson for abandoning the group. Says, You think that you're strong, but we're stronger. Standing there with Claudio, with Wheeler Yuta. And Danielson says, you know what? Put your money where your mouth is. I challenge you. Last year, we fought at Anarchy at the Arena. We came up the loser, as we too often did, John. Well, this time, you think you can beat me? Prove it. Your group against my group. As we build towards it. It is revealed that the rest of Danielson's faction will be FTR. We'll fill out the tag component of this faction. And so it would be Danielson, Wardlow, FTR, Jack Perry, against Blackpool Combat Club, MJF, and hopefully by double or nothing he'll be ready, we get the return of Adam Cole. And Danielson's faction ends up winning it. Make it as violent and bloody as whatever you want it to be. But Danielson's faction ends up coming out ahead. Over the course of this, the next, as we build towards Forbidden Door, keep Danielson's faction strong. FTR wins the tag team championships. From whomever is holding them at that point. If it's Starks and Big Bill, it's still fine, whatever. But whoever's holding it, FTR is going to win that championship. At in the build-up towards Forbidden Door, Wardlow defeats Hangman Page, who has taken the International Championship. And Wardlow becomes the new International Champion. At Forbidden Door, we get the rematch. Danielson versus Okada for the, the championship. And, or for the AEW, I should say, championship. And you can make it about 10 minutes if you want to. You've already seen this match a couple times. It's going to like it's already been very good. I believe they're having a rematch at um at the start of the year. Wrestle Kingdom, yeah. At Wrestle Kingdom. So we've already seen this match a few times. Have Danielson, the new look Danielson, just batter Okada. Have it be through cheating. Have it through be, be through manipulative means. All the ways that New Japan really hates. Have him bullet club the heck out of Okada. And leave him. And after the match, he doesn't stop. He keeps going. Security comes out. He's got his group just beating everybody down. And at the end of it, 
We've got all these people laid out. We've got Okada laid out. And all five of them are in the middle of the ring holding up their belts. We got the whole faction holding the gold. They hold it up in the middle of the ring there. And that's how we sort of leave things at Forbidden Door. In the build-up to All In, we're going to have a a number one contenders tournament for the AEW Championship. And hopefully we've kept him relatively strong through this entire process. I probably should have booked him as well. But through this process, we've continued to keep a winning streak going for Swerve Strickland. And over this, we're going to hopefully be able to turn him face. Shouldn't be too, too hard. He's got a great face moveset. He's got, you know, face energy when he needs to. Um, have, him, have him win in the Pacific Northwest. Have him say, Brian, you've abandoned these people. This is no longer your house, Brian. Whose house is it? Swerve's house. <laughs> um, and. Then at All In, at Wembley Stadium, Swerve Strickland defeats Brian Danielson to win the AEW Championship. You can have that be Brian Danielson's retirement match if you want to. He said he's going to be done at the end of this, or he's going to be done sometime next year. If you don't want to, you can have him at that point have a proper retirement match. Probably, you could have it be Jack Perry or Wardlow if you want the dissenting thing. Whatever you want to do with that. That's a booking for another day. But I think at that point, you did, that's Brian Danielson's last run with the championship. Have Swerve Strickland be the man to end it. MJF, you can continue to keep him hot for something else. If you want to give him this championship another run, that's fine. But I feel like he and Adam Cole could go on a, a proper tag run once, they're, once they've returned. And now they've set their sights on the AEW Tag Team Championships. Have things start to unravel for this Danielson group. It doesn't need to last that long. They can beat FTR for the tag team championships at Wembley Stadium too. That would be a great match. So that's what I would do with that. All right. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Danielson. I love too how you did not wait to reveal the devil. You had the devil just out there right away. You had a booking for it. You had Well, the reason I wanted I wanted a revolution because that's where the match happened last year between MJF and Danielson. Well, that makes sense. That, that so have it be full year a full year later at Revolution. Um, I wouldn't do an Iron Man match though. I'd make it no. something like a no DQ, something like that. Like yeah, make it and make it you know MGF's nightmare because he's got this entire group to contend with. Absolutely. All right. The final booking that I challenged you was the WWE, and given all the news recently. I was interested to see how you would book CM Punk in the WWE. Okay, so this one was a little bit tougher, but I think I came up with something that I feel pretty good about. It takes us through some meandering paths, but CM Punk is, you know, he's he's still the hero. He's still beloved. Everyone is excited for CM Punk. CM Punk can have a couple matches in the build-up, but his first proper match should be at the Royal Rumble. His first like big match should be in the Royal Rumble. And I think he should be in the Royal Rumble match. I'd have him come in at about three and do what he did when he was in the Royal Rumble early on uh, all those years ago. 
have him have a mic, have him set it aside, have him like, you know, tossing out a few guys in the early stage of this and have him do a sermon, have him talk about, you know, all the things, how he's returned, all whatever you want to have him do, give him an open mic and an open forum and have him put in as good a shift as you can at the Royal Rumble. We're not going to have him wrestle super, super long matches going forward, but this is going to be the big one. Get, make him put in a solid 40 minutes before he is inevitably eliminated. He's not going to win the Royal Rumble. But we are going to have a babyface victory at the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble winner, everyone's too everyone's surprised, Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn wins the Royal Rumble this year. Obviously, he decides he wants to challenge Roman Reigns for his championship. He's not finished with Roman. He's got unfinished business with him, and he is going to take on Roman Reigns. And this a little bit annoys Cody. Who's gotten, you know, this is his opportunity. So, at Elimination Chamber, you can have it be however you want to work it. I have the list of people being Finn Balor. Oh, sorry, I should finish this off too. Uh, Jay Uso is going to defeat Gunther at Royal Rumble. Oh, wow. So okay. Jey Uso is going to win his first singles belt. It'll be the IC title. He'll get the the uh, the boost for beating um, Gunther. And then at the Elimination Chamber, Finn Balor, Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre, and CM Punk all in the match. But they all lose. Cody is the victor. You can say this was supposed to be for Seth Rollins's championship. So we've got Cody versus Seth. And we've got Sammy versus Roman. Cody turns down this opportunity. So no, I'm not doing this. I'm finishing my story. Whoever wants to stand in my way. So we book the triple threat of Roman Reigns, Sammy Zayn, and Cody for the uh, for WrestleMania. Now Adam Pierce has got to scramble. He throws together an impromptu tournament in the build-up towards WrestleMania to see who's going to wrestle Seth Rollins. And we're going to have CM Punk, who has gotten a couple of losses early on. He's going to start to get some wins. He wins the tournament, and he will be the person who challenges Seth Rollins. That's going to be the main event of Night One. Night One comes along. CM Punk defeats Seth Rollins to win the World Heavyweight Championship, at which point Damian Priest immediately cashes in and takes the title from him. On night two, Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, Cody. Sami Zayn is kind of uh, out of this match a little bit. It's Cody in the middle of the ring. Cody hits three crossroads on Roman Reigns. Goes to set up the pin. And from sliding in from behind, CM Punk cracks Cody with that championship. He picks up Cody Hits him with the GTS. He takes Roman Reigns' hand and puts it over top of Cody. Roman Reigns retains his championship at WrestleMania. CM Punk has ruined the story. People are probably going to be livid about this. Oh, frankly, my God. 
CM Punk is a better heel than he is a face, and you need something extreme to make CM Punk a heel. So give them something that everybody will hate. CM Punk comes out, and he sits there, you know, cross-legged in the ring. He comes in the ring, cross-legged. Hopefully we get some booze at this point. Maybe that, we won't. Yeah, at that point, but, I'd say. Yeah. Cody, you're probably wondering why I did what I did. Such a thing about you, Cody. You came in there, said you want to finish your story. Well, as we found out on night one, not every story gets a happy ending. Cody comes out. He's incensed. He's tired of CM Punk following him around. Everywhere he goes, there's CM Punk showing up. So, and CM Punk call it, look, you left this place just as well as I did. The difference, I didn't leave to take my ball and go home. I left to better myself, to make myself into the man that my father would be proud of. Now I've come back here to reclaim what is rightfully mine. You took it from me. Um, set up a backlash, because the name is Backlash. Let's have it be an actual backlash. Frankly, I would have this one in the cell. But if you want to save the cell for later, fine. But it should be no holds barred. Cody CM Punk. And then have Roman Reigns face Sami Zayn in, because uh, Sami Zayn's still upset about the fact that he didn't get his proper opportunity either. That, you know, C CM Punk made a mess of things. So Roman Reigns defeats Sami Zayn to retain his championship at Backlash, and Cody defeats CM Punk to get his revenge. So CM Punk. It's kind of down. Maybe we don't see him for a little bit. And CM Punk returns as we start to build up towards money in the bank. CM Punk said, you know what? I went out there and I took my opportunities based on my, based on my name, based on, based on my reputation. But I know as well as anybody else, the opportunities here aren't given. They aren't. So I am entering into the money in the bank ladder match. And he makes his way into the Money Bank ladder match. And because he's CM Punk, he's going to win that ladder match. He gets the briefcase. It's something that he is really best as a heel prop anyway. So at this point, we have full CM Punk heel. He's not here for any of these people. He is here because he needs to be here. He needs to prove that he is the best. You don't even factor into it. You never did. Um... Then at Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank as well is going to retain his championship. He'll beat Jey Uso. At this point, Jey Uso has dropped his Intercontinental title, had a decent run. He'll have lost it before Roman Reigns beats him. He's still not able to beat Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns doesn't fall until SummerSlam, at which point Seth Rollins is the person who beats Roman Reigns. I would have Seth Rollins be the person who claims the Roman Reigns prize. I think there's a lot of ways you can make that make sense. And frankly, I think it should be Seth. But Seth Rollins' title reign is short-lived. At Survivor Series, he faces Drew McIntyre and retains, but CM Punk cashes in on Seth Rollins. And CM Punk, at Survivor Series, one year after he returned, he holds up the WWE Championship. Long last. 
United Undisputed Whatever Championship. We're going to have CM Punk retain uh, his title at Royal Rumble. He'll defeat Seth Rollins in the rematch. Lots of ways you can do that and make that interesting. So he, so he holds on to that championship at that point. Gunther is going to win the Royal Rumble, but Gunther is going to challenge for the World Heavyweight Championship, and I think he should win that at WrestleMania 40, uh, 41. Yeah. yeah. At WrestleMania 41 at this point. Meanwhile, Elimination Chamber, Cody is going to win that for a second year in a row. For second year in a row, Cody's going to use that leverage to make his way into the WrestleMania match. And that is where Cody, and you can build it up. You know, these two guys who've returned to WWE, Cody can again say, you know what? These people love me through everything. I've been through, they've seen me struggle. They've seen me at my lowest and they've seen me at my highest. And these people still love me. And CM Punk could say, these people? I was gone for seven years, seven long years. They never stopped chanting my name. Soon as you left, they forgot who you were. You want to come back here, the triumphant hero? They don't remember you. They don't care about you. They never did. And I'm going to prove to them why. And then at WrestleMania, of course, the story is finally over. WrestleMania 41, Cody defeats CM Punk, clean as a whistle to win the uh, Undisputed. At this point, I think CM Punk, with it returning, uh, by the time we get to the Royal Rumble, it should be the WWE Championship proper again. And I would have, because I would have Cody win the WWE Championship. Damn Cupid, his father never won. Have him beat CM Punk for it at WrestleMania 41. Woo! Woo! Kyle, my word. Okay, so I like I gotta go back a little bit because like okay. when you when you didn't give Cody the win at WrestleMania against Roman and you made him wait another year, I was like, oh my god, like holy! But I love it. I love it. It's so like the what you did with CM Punk was everything CM Punk is, or is mm-hmm. everything CM Punk is rather, and it it's perfect. He gets all the rubs he wants to get coming into this. He's obviously making money against opponents, you know, like I can't believe Seth Rollins has to never beat him, but that's, that's also good too. Cause they're, they're yeah. like, he, he has that hanging over his head that he should talk this guy the entire time, but he could never beat him. Yeah. And yeah, you can have Seth Rollins get his revenge at backlash if you want to, sure. whatever you want to do at that point. But I think that the way for the way for this to work is that CM Punk, um, he needs to do it through heelish ways. He needs to, and he can, like the promos that you can get build. The reason I want to have the rematch throw humble, the stuff you could get between the two of them, I think would be really, really good. Seth Rollins saying, I was, you know, I was, um, you know, I never left here. I had to pick up the pieces that you, you know, that you, uh, left when you dropped and you ran away and went home. And CM Punk can come back at him to pick up the pieces all throughout it. They didn't care about you. You turned on everybody. You turned on your friends. You became everything that I hated about WWE. You were Triple H's lapdog. I at least had the gumption, or I at least had the balls to stand up to the man. Ooh. Yeah. 
There's all kinds of stuff you can do with that rivalry. I like CM Punk in the heel dynamic of a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like CM Punk works so much better as a heel. Give him that. Like, you don't want to give him too many things. Like, there's a lot. I'm sure people who want him to win the Royal Rumble or who want him to win at WrestleMania or whatever it happens, or like win the uh, Romans title, whatever you want to do with him. I think the best CM Punk is Money in the Bank winning CM Punk heelish CM Punk taking away the things that we all wanted. He didn't do it, and he, and he can make it very clear about after uh, in the advance of Backlash. He didn't do this for Roman Reigns. He doesn't care about Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is some kid he used to know. Uh-huh. Um, I did like I did this because of all of you, or I did this because yeah, for Cody. Got tired of you. However you want to do it, I think there's a lot of ways you can make that work. I love it. I love it. This is this has been great, Kyle. It's been a long time since we've had had an opportunity to do this, but this was a lot of fun. So we should definitely keep this as an option for the future. I think. Uh, oh, totally. Every, every few months, you can expect to hear uh, a uh, fantasy booking island episode. Uh, before we get out of here, Kyle, why don't you tell the people about Amazon Music? Well, Amazon Music is featuring us as a featured podcast for. This period of time, while this podcast is coming out until mid-December, I believe. Yes. Feel free. Be sure to check us out there. Go to Amazon Music. Check us out there. Give us that rating or review if you can. And yeah, support what they're doing. They're looking out for some cool up-and-coming independent podcasts, and we appreciate them for that. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, we are very thankful for Amazon Music and uh, what they're doing right now. Uh 99 or I think it's uh, $0 down for 90 days right now. So check that out. With all that being said, Kyle, let's sail this ship back to uh, the Wallet Media headquarters. We've got a lot of other Christmas things to do or holiday things to do. And uh, why don't you send the people home happy? Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. We appreciate each and every one of you. And you have been walloped. You've been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.